0: Hey guys, it's Sarah and welcome to the Life as an Experiment podcast, a podcast where I take a heart-centered approach to personal growth and small business development. I focus a lot on my clients taking inspired action to live the life that they want to and to chase after all the dreams that they want to as well. And in my work, my podcast and um, my coaching services, I focus a lot on helping people declutter the emotional baggage and to regain their power and confidence in love in friendships in work and in life right hello everyone and today i'm continuing on my series on the inner critique so just to recap a little the inner critic is you know this this tape this negative demeaning destructive um you know tape that we actually play to ourselves over and over again in our heads and it consists of you know messages um untrue messages you know messages are not even relevant now actually um that probably have been accumulated from your childhood so it could be messages from your teachers messages you know from your parents your peers your siblings um you know beliefs and, and and messages that you absorb from your environment from the media from your culture that you live in and you know just from any random comments that people make as well so all these things are all you know um, recorded in this tape that your mind likes to play to yourself over and over again to tell yourself how awful you are, how you're not good enough, and how you're you are just not a you know you're just not an amazing human being. And you shouldn't try to do anything, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it affects your self esteem. It really really trembles on your self worth, and it affects your self image in a huge way. Um, lots of clients that I work with, and even myself, um, the younger me. Um, who had really low self-esteem. Um, people who tend to have very low self-esteem tend to have very, very strong inner critics and they listen to their inner critics a lot. But we have to realize that our inner critics are actually um, its just a part of our minds, you know, it's not real. Um, and a lot of the messages and beliefs that our inner critic actually tries to expose to us is actually you know, not relevant anymore and <laughs> it isn't even you know, something that's reflective of our current reality. So that's your inner critic. And today's um, Inner Critic Archetype, um, there are seven altogether, so this is the second week and I'll be talking about the Limiter or the Underminer Archetype. Okay, and um, lots of us also have this. Previous, in the previous episode, I talked about the Perfectionist Archetype, um, and that's also something that many of us struggle with. So if you want to kind of listen to that episode... Um, just click on over to the, um, episode notes for today and I have a link to, um, you know, previous week's, um, podcast episode. So you can go take a listen if you're struggling with the perfectionist, um, archetype and, you know, uh, think about some ways of how you can start to actually get it out of your mind. Okay. So today we'll be talking about the limiter or the underminer archetype. So what is it? Um, the limiter archetype or the underminer, you know, at the heart of it is risk aversion and a fear of mistakes. So you're constantly afraid to try something new or afraid to venture out of your comfort zone because you fear uncertainty. You need um, predictability, security, and stability before you do anything. And you're afraid of taking risks and you're afraid of making mistakes because you've probably been punished in, you know, very negative ways when you actually made small mistakes when you were young. Okay, so let's think about some of our childhood experiences with, you know, feeling undermined. So the first place to go to really would be, you know, your school or, you know, your parents and your authority figures, right? So the limiter of the underminer archetype comes about possibly due to overly fearful parents. You know, sometimes your parents um, are very, very risk-averse people and they may have actually inadvertently passed on their fear of mistakes and their fear of risks to you, either by outwardly discouraging you from doing certain things or, you know, telling you that things are dangerous. Okay. So you may have been punished when you make mistakes or when you tried something new, making you gravitate constantly to a safer option. Okay. So the limiter is constantly evaluating life from a space of security. It mostly tends to overemphasize the danger of many situations. As a result, you are kept small, You find yourself crippled with anxiety when you so much as venture a little out of your comfort zone. So you stick to routines and situations and people which feel familiar. And every single time you try something new, um, it's as if, you know, your underminer comes around and steps you on the wrist, you know, and tells you that you cannot survive in unfamiliar territory. So there's no point trying. So when you don't try, you know, over time, what happens? Your self-esteem gets chipped away because when you don't try things and you don't put yourself out there um you don't allow yourself to face rejection to face failure you're constantly just you know taking very very small steps taking very very safe steps constantly being in the shadows because you feel like it's not even worth it it's not worth the pain um you know to to get out there and to to live the life that you want um and to you know experience the real ups and downs of life and you see this a lot with um people who lead very safe lives I mean, no, um, there's no judgment or nothing wrong with that. But if you're constantly, you know, um, trying to make very safe decisions or very safe options and just constantly trying to be like that, although you want to, you know, lead a different sort of life, you are actually keeping yourself unnecessarily small, right? So those are the childhood experiences. Now, let's think a little bit about our adulthood. So... When you're an underminer or limiter, okay. Um, firstly, in toxic workplaces, um, the underminers or the limiters, you know, sometimes I mean, there's so many workplaces with toxic work cultures. I've talked about it on another podcast episode too. But whenever you know toxic workplace culture comes about, um, people with a very strong underminer uh, inner critic will actually you know um stick around in a place. They will stick around in places that they're not happy in um, because they feel like, you know, it's not safe enough to actually go outside and venture outside and find another job because they tell themselves that they would fail at it, that their new job might actually be worse than their current one. And, you know, they, they kind of talk themselves out of even trying, right? But what they don't realize is that, you know, the energy that is being expended in terms of being so unhappy at your current workplace you know, where you are constantly being berated and being abused, you know, it's actually eating into your physical and your mental health, but you still cannot find it, you know, um, within yourself to actually let go and to give yourself a new opportunity to find something else that is better. You know, so taking a risk, you know, and leaving a toxic workplace is even worse. Um, let me put that again. So leaving a toxic workplace is even worse to a underminer um, than to, you know, take a risk and go out and find something better put yourself out there possibly yes you might get rejected because we all don't have very smooth um you know trajectories when you're looking for jobs right you might get rejected you might you know um have employers ghost on you but at least you're putting yourself out there you know for a chance to to have a better life for a chance to a better workplace but if you're in under minor critics very strong you probably wouldn't do that right the second thing um, would be, you know, um, struggling with gender roles in society. So this is especially true for women. And when whenever I chat with my female clients, a lot of them, including me sometimes, um, we struggle with the roles that society has actually put on us as women versus what we actually really, really want to do with our lives. So um, in a sense, the the limiter in a critic might kick in, you know, um, by determining what we should and should not do. And undermining our efforts and predicting catastrophe, you know, whenever we take a risk. So we are always encourage, discouraged from doing exactly what we want, as you know, the, the limit of the underminer works to tell us that it is not possible that society will frown on us if we ever thought of trying. So I see this a lot with women who actually do not want to get married. They um they do not want to actually have kids even after they marry they do not want to do a lot of things. But, you know, society and their, their in-laws and their parents actually expect them to do that, um, you know, because they have this um, pressure from peers who are actually married to, you know, get them to, you know, go and get hitched themselves. They start to feel a sort of, you know, constant internal conflict and struggle in terms of, you know, I want to actually lead my life this way, um, but society and everybody else is telling me to lead it another way. So your underminer will kick in and tell you that, you are, you know, you're bad for wanting to do um, the things that you want to do, you cannot succeed at the things you want to do anyway, so why don't you just, you know, lead your life like every other woman in society, um, blah, blah, blah. So, I do get this a lot as well, you know, where people are like, this is sort of, especially my culture, this sort of underlying sort of implication, you know, when you are like in your 30s and you're not married, you don't have kids and you're leading a single, you know, free and, and easy life. You know, people get very judgy about it. Um, whenever, I'm not someone that actually is very keen on having kids. I'm not even really, really keen on getting married. But, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, but, you know, imagine all the things that you actually miss out, you know, when you don't have kids and um, all the amazing stuff you actually miss out being married to someone. Um, I don't know. Th- these are things that actually don't appeal to me. <laughs> and... Um, I've been very fortunate that my parents don't put a lot of pressure on me to to do all these things as well because it's not something I want to do. I feel that I'm not on this planet to actually procreate or whatever. Um, I'm here to do something else, and I very strongly believe in going after your dreams. And sometimes it might seem a little bit selfish. Um, your dreams are to have kids and and to have a family. That's great. Um, but you know, equally, if your dreams are actually not to you know, not to have to balance all the familial responsibilities and you know, to do your own your own thing and to, you know, get busy with your career, that should also be equally valued. But I feel that a lot of um women in particular struggle with that. And we feel, you know, the the inner critic sometimes comes out and tells us that, you know, we will fail at whatever we are trying to do because we are taking, you know, decisions that are very different from society. Um and so on and so forth, right? So it could be, you know, you struggling with your role in society. Um, and sometimes, you know, as adults, well, you know, everybody says that, well, you know, if you grow up, you know, you hit 25, you're supposed to have your life all figured out. You know, you're supposed to know all these things. And, you know, is this implication, you know, that if you don't know stuff, you know, by the time you hit 30, you know, there must be something seriously wrong with you. And um, that's the message that society likes to tell us. But I strongly, vehemently disagree. <laughs> because when I was 25, um, I was still, you know, really young. I was still navigating life. I was still navigating my jobs. I was still navigating romantic relationships. I still didn't know myself very well. Um, it took me, you know, till I was 29 or 30 years old to actually really understand myself really well. And to really be open and truthful to myself about what I really wanted from life. And sometimes these things, you know, it doesn't t- isn't something that you can figure out overnight. You don't figure life out overnight, and sometimes you don't ever figure life out, even until you die. <laughs> um, life is just unpredictable, and it's you know we are here on this planet for a different sort of experience, and um, we all have our you know different purposes and different you know experiences to 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 go through in this lifetime o- over here. But you know, sometimes life also makes us very indecisive because you're always having to make decisions so what the limiter the underminer does is then it causes you know loads of anxiety and indecisiveness you'll find yourself you know veering from one decision to another unable to make a solid choice Um, the limiter the underminer is also really really good friends with um, analysis paralysis you know ensuring that you can never be sure of the choices you make because every single choice has a, a type of failure right i mean every choice and every decision that you make in life Um, to quote uh, Caroline from from the Killing Eve series, I think it was season three that she actually made this comment, you know, life is a series of trade-offs for all of us, right? Um, And it's, you know, every decision and every choice we make has some, you know, not-so-nice aspects of it, It and some really, really positive, amazing aspects as well. It's the combination of positive and negative aspects that you are willing to take, the trade-offs that you're willing to make, Right? But the limiter, the underminer will never allow you to make that. So the constant veering and indecisiveness will be accompanied by a lot of stress and anxiety, and you'll feel absolutely emotionally drained whenever you have to make decisions, right? And indecisiveness, um, from an energetic standpoint, it actually really, really drains you of energy because you're constantly, you know, um, faffing about thinking about like, oh, um option a then after what no 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 option b no c no um i don't know you know all options sound good so i would take whatever option that comes first i actually had this um this problem just you know recently because i've been trying to change jobs and all um so yeah so i kind of veered between one option and the next and you know it's actually a sign of not really knowing what you want and the limiter actually um thrives on this you know it tries on a lot of what if statements to keep you small like oh, oh you know what if you leave and it is worse out there you know what if you leave your job and it's actually even worse in your next job what if you end up failing you know what if you find yourself less happy than before what if you have this what if you have that and all these you know what if statements that the limiter likes to throw out at you they are all probability statements the limiter really has no idea if you will succeed or fail but it chooses to focus on the 50 percent probability that you might fail but it forgets that there's a 50 percent probability of actually succeeding right so those are the things that can actually come up for you or like you know where the in my experience the underminer actually um serves to actually undermine you um and you know these are some things that you can actually think about you know if you're constantly someone who undermines yourself and who keeps yourself very very small you know it, you 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 know you constantly find yourself not wanting to to take risks, or you want to and then your inner critic kind of talks yourself out of it um then yeah then you know you have an issue <laughs> right so you know it could be because you know you have received messages from young you know that you are not not really you know the ideas you gave are not really good so you know you you start doubting yourself and when you start doubting yourself and um you know, uh, you start doubting yourself and keeping yourself small, you actually run the risk of, you know, not being recognized for actually what you're good for. You are um, unable to, you know, then, because you're not putting yourself out there, you're keeping yourself in a very small space. And spiritually, energetically, that small space actually doesn't bring in a lot of abundance. Okay, I, I just had this um, thought come to me. Um, because when you're keeping yourself very small, you're actually blocking yourself off energetically and even literally blocking opportunities to come into your life because you constantly tell yourself that you will not be able to do it um you know you um the the opportunity is is just way too good for you it's out of your league um you know you do not you set a lot of limitations you actually tell yourself that you know you block opportunities so you block people from coming in and when you block opportunities and people from coming in you block the abundance that comes in with it as well because opening your doors and you know not limiting yourself but putting yourself out there which attract more um more of it so When you put yourself out there, um, of course, you know, there will be, you know, rejections and failures along the way, but when you're putting yourself out there, you know, you also open up a lot of doors to lots of other, um, jobs to come in, friends to come in, love to come in, lots of other people to actually come into your life and to actually give you more, um, you know, yeah, to give you more, you know, for you to actually co-create and to collaborate and to actually, you know, produce a lot more abundance in your life, um, So when you keep yourself small, and when you allow your underminer, inner critic to constantly, you know, dictate your life, um, you're actually not living the life that you want, most likely, you're also not living up to your fullest potential. And for me, as someone who, you know, I feel that um, I'm someone who actually really, really, really very strongly believes in living your dreams, and in living the life that you want, and in just doing what you want, and really going after things that you want to, I feel that it's incredibly sad whenever i hear people say things like oh you know they just give up on something at such a young age because you know sometimes you just give up totally on life because you know not not in a in a literal way but you know figuratively give up on opportunities because they feel like oh well you know probably can't do it anyway so why bother but you know a mantra that i like to kind of um trip up you know used to trip up my underminer inner critic is never try never know okay sometimes you got to just that first step it's always difficult it's the most difficult step but you got to just take that first step and do it you know and of course you're going to feel um you know discouraged you're going to feel scared you're going to feel nervous you're going to feel uncertain feel all those feelings feel all those negative feelings feel all those you know the trepidation the anxiety and still do it okay so that was something that actually um i can't remember if it was a former boss that told me or it was something that i actually read before but, you know feel the negative feelings and still go for it so you know um just to give an, exa- an example you know as part of my job i have to talk to a lot of people and um i have to you know kind of um, conduct interviews and focus group discussions and different types of um different types of interactions with people and lots of these interactions cover you know different types of people you just have no idea who you're going to be interviewing you have no idea if the person is going to be aggressive you have no idea you know how they're going to react And I used to feel, you know, really, really scared whenever I have to um, conduct a focus group or I have to, you know, kind of speak on stage or I have to give a presentation, I would feel really, really nervous. And, you know, my underminer inner critic would then kick and say that, you know, oh, you know, if you're nervous, and don't do it, you know, it's no point. Give it to someone else who can do it better. But... um, It really is a muscle that you actually have to keep, you know, using because you have to keep telling your underminer to, you know, okay, you know, I understand that you are concerned for my safety. I understand you're concerned that I might not do this well. But even if I don't do this well, the point here is not about doing something well, but I just want to do it. Okay. It's not about, you know, doing a perfect job. Again, you know, going back to the first archetype that we talked about last week. It's not about doing a perfect job. It's not about doing an amazing job. It's about just getting out there and doing it. Because once you get out there and do it, like I said, it will open doors to a lot more opportunities. So whenever I got on stage and I presented, I'll be shaking, you know. I'll be so nervous. Sometimes I couldn't even sleep the previous night because I'm someone that gets very, very excited when I have to talk to people. Um, I'm not naturally... I'm more of an ambivert. I'm not naturally an extrovert. But um, So I do... And I do have that perfectionist streak a little bit. So I do want my, you know, presentations or my interviews or whatever to go well. But sometimes, you know, you just have to just do it. Know that you would do it. Believe in yourself and take that first step. It might not be a perfect first step. We're not going for perfect here. Um, it's just to take that first step. Feel all the anxiety, all the nervousness, you know, go through all that. Feel that and do it and you'll be fine. Um, the thing is that your inner critic always thinks that you won't be fine. But the thing is that I've always done something that, um, I always thought that I, I would ruin something, but I've never actually ruined it. I've always, you know, kind of came out actually feeling very, very happy and very satisfied myself for actually taking that first step. So, you know, if you're struggling with the underminer, the limiter, inner critic, just, you know, um, just tell it to shut up first, <laughs> shut up and sit down and that, you know, you want to try because never try, never know. And you yes you'll feel all those you know negative feelings The the the, i wouldn't say negative feelings but anxiety and butterflies in your stomach and all that feel that and still do it okay the the results will be amazing and even if it's not amazing you know at least you've got to go out and try and once you start trying something it's very difficult to stop right um it's just a muscle you just have to keep doing stuff taking small risks calculated risks if you can um, making mistakes in a small way, mistakes are fine. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, everybody on this planet makes mistakes. So you're not, you know, um, you're not trying to be someone special who doesn't make mistakes, <laughs> right? All of us make mistakes. And, um, you know, when you take small risks, the, the mistakes will also be a bit smaller and you would then learn from that that lesson and then do a better job the next time round, Right, so if you struggle with the, the underminer inner critic, I hope that this actually um, has helped you so if it has um helped you please um um yeah i hope this helps and if you feel that it's going to help a friend with the same problem please forward on this podcast episode to them and also rate and review um on all the different uh podcast platforms that you actually get this podcast on it will definitely help um reach more people right so take care of yourself and i'll be back next week with another inner critic archetype take care guys